Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bocce Boys podcast. We are thrilled to have you. We have an exciting show for you today. We got some more college basketball talk. We got a little bit of NBA, and to sprinkle it off something new, we have some hockey talk. The boys took a trip this weekend, and we can't wait to tell you more about it. But you're going to have to stay tuned because the show starts right now. Summer, all I did was rest. New Year's, all I did was stretch. Valentine's Day, I had sex. We'll see what's about to happen next. This ain't no regular shit. We never begging for shit. Niggas is ready to quit. Shit that they hate to admit. In Texas, I keep a rifle inside of the whip. Call it driving a stick. In Vegas, I get two million a night from the wind just to run through the hits. All that on top of the chips. All right, welcome back to the Bocce Boys. We got another special guest, one that should be familiar to you all. Amir, welcome back. I think you are muted. Just going to throw it up there. <laughs> just keeping quiet for you, Ethan. I <laughs> appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we got a lot to talk about, but let's kick it off with something a little different. Um, we sprinkled a little bit of college basketball in here, there and there, but let's get really get into it. Let's talk about the top 25. We'll get into two specific conferences, but um, we haven't really delved much into the college basketball world, and it's starting to heat up, guys. It's the middle of February, in case you didn't know. Actually, it's technically the end of February, so March is right around the corner. We got to get ourselves prepared. Um, looking at this top 25, Davis, what stands out to you the most uh, looking at these rankings? Hey, I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Hey, 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 hey everybody. Uh, it's it's UConn, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you look at the last few weeks and you could say, hey, UConn's right there, Purdue, Houston, you know, all these other teams, even Marquette had a chance to be up there if they were to possibly have beaten UConn this past Saturday, but they got shelled. Um, but I mean, you can see right here, UConn is the unanimous number one team in the coaches poll in the AP top 25. Um, so there's really no debate right now who is the best team in college basketball and they're going to have a tester tonight and we're recording this before they play at Creighton tonight. Um, but I think that's going to be, uh, the biggest game for the rest of their season, the regular season until the big East tournament. Yeah, I mean, UConn has been the tank this year and last year as a Big East fan. I hate to admit that they are the defending champions, but they've earned the right. You, you said it. I mean, they're unanimous number ones for a reason. Um, this is the best they really have been in over 10 or 15 years. I know they won a title, but, like, this is the best UConn basketball has looked in a long time, and it's frankly very frightening. You mentioned Marquette, but one thing that really sticks out to me is the power of the SEC on this top 25. You look at Tennessee – a team that, I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere. They got the Dalton kid who's been going on, going nuts this year, so that's been something. But then you see a lot of other teams like Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky's on there. South Carolina has been making a lot of noise. Florida has, has been decent as well. They're the top, they're the 24th team on that list. But um, what is it about the SEC that is so strong this year? I mean, you, usually you, you do see a couple of these teams, but not this many. Yeah, it's all about the offense for all these teams. Um, you know, classic SEC basketball, the offense is just dominating. And, you know, you look at teams like Tennessee and Kentucky and Alabama where they can go up against almost any defense and they still should be able to shred and they should be able to get in the paint and they will knock down their three-pointers. I mean, you know, it's really not a surprise. Um, this is year in and year out. 
uh, just like how we look at football, college football, the SEC is, sure. uh, you know, I would say one of the better defensive leagues. Big Ten is up there in the defensive side. And then you look at the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and it's all offense. And college basketball, the SEC always dominates offense. The Big 12 always dominates defense. The Big Ten dominates defense as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going through the list of some of these teams here, you look at a team like Kentucky, um, they might be the best and most electric offense in the entire nation. Um, but they're not going to be able to stop teams on the defensive side. So that's where I worry about them uh, when it comes to madness time. Uh, but it, I think a team like Tennessee could, can hold their own defensively. Their coaches um, Barnes. They have enough guys that they're deep as well. Um, I think Alabama is another team that kind of actually is coming out of the woodworks a little bit. They've been really solid in recent years, really, since I feel like Sexton's been there. Uh, yeah. That was probably four or five years ago. But wow. I think that um, – you know, this is going to be a conference that can make some noise um, as there are some that will not make noise. Uh, I think the yeah. Big Ten is going to be one of them. Yeah, speaking of the Big Ten, Amir, I got a question for you. Um, we see a certain team in the number three spot, the Purdue Boilermakers. They're a team that is usually towards the top of this top 25 ranking, especially the last couple of years, but a team that never goes far in March. Are you believing in them? I'm not. And speaking towards that defensive stuff that Davis was just talking about, and I guess we can. I'll, I'll touch on the SEC for a second. Just looking at the stats, Auburn and Tennessee Davis, actually one of the better teams in Division One for defense in terms of rating. Um, they are exactly the same rating right now, and there are a couple of teams that are above them that you might say like, yeah, whatever. It's you know they don't actually play anyone, so that's why they're good. But in terms of the defense for the Boilermakers, not so good at all. And honestly, their offense isn't great as well like i just don't have any faith in ed i don't really have any faith in the the boilermakers i don't like them sorry joe break but i'm not a big fan of purdue um there's a couple of teams on here that i love though and i'm sure we can probably talk about those guys Yeah, tell me who you love i love saint mary's um saint mary's is a team that i think could be very streaky uh very uh could heat up for the tournament and really you know put on a show they are trending right where they need – or right, you know, at the time they kind of need to trend. And um, there are a couple other teams on here that I also like. Tennessee, another team that I believed in last year. I think this is their year yeah. to really make another big run. But, um, <laughs> I mean oh, – There, there we go. Yeah, there it is. There's, love, a, there's a couple of the Gales. Love the but Gales. It's mostly it's, – yeah, St. Mary's and Tennessee, two teams that I love this year. All right, good to know. I uh, just want to mention also, we got a couple of big matchups tonight. Um, we have UConn, the number one team, which we already talked about, facing off against Creighton, uh, a middle of the road Big East team. You know, I want to give them the respect they are, they, that they are obviously due. Um, Tennessee, by the way, is currently losing by three to Missouri at halftime. It's just halftime, but just want to throw that out there. And then let's go to the Big 12, Davis, because another big matchup tonight TCU and Texas Tech. Um, TCU is not ranked. But they have the same exact record as Texas Tech. And as a team that is not ranked, that's a huge, huge game in the Big 12 um, as we are coming down the stretch. But looking at the standings, like what what does a game like tonight for uh, TCU and Texas Tech mean for the rest of the Big 12? Yeah, I think it's massive. Um, You know, you look at some of these middle of the road teams. they all can contend for a final four appearance. And it's crazy to think about that, how dominant this conference is right now. But with all the realignment and them getting uh, Arizona, I can name them all Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. 
from last year. Uh, yeah. All now new Big Twelve. Sorry, I was thinking towards next year. Um, I think that, in all honesty, um, every single team in this conference has a chance uh, in March Madness, except maybe the bottom four. Um, you know, you look at some of these teams. You see Houston, Iowa State, and Baylor. Um, Let me ask you, one, wh- why do you include Texas and Oklahoma before you get to the rest? Um, you know, I think that you, you you include Texas because of some guys they have on on their roster. They have um, uh, Max Abrams, uh, a guy who just scored his three thousand point the other night. Um, I mean, wow. This is this is uh, again middle of the road of a conference like BYU, Texas Tech, TCU, and they're all contending. If you look all the way on the right side, this is a great this is a great indicator of this. Every single team has a top twenty five win this year. I mean, you don't see that yeah. in very many conferences. Uh, you know, you look at the Big Ten. I mean, you look at the bottom of the Big Ten at some teams. I know Ohio State did just beat Purdue at home uh, this past weekend, but there are going to be bottom feeder teams that will never win in every conference. That's not <laughs> the case this year, um, as we and my pick of the day would have been West Virginia. <laughs> they are currently beating UCF. Um, it's right around halftime at the moment. But, I, I mean, this is – this is a conference where I think my hot take would end up, and I don't even know if it's very hot. I think two two of these teams will be in the final four. Oh, two, a thousand percent. Yeah, and we're overlooking a, uh, Kansas. We're, we're we're overlooking Hunter Dickinson. Kansas are is we, having though, a down. They're having a down year in their twenty and six. Are we overlooking Kansas though? I know that they won a national championship two years ago, and they do have Bill Self. Self, sorry. With that respect, I already gave them due aside. Hunter Dickinson has never really gotten far in an NCAA tournament. I mean, Michigan has been, you know, very disappointing. I know they got to a championship in 2018, but <clears throat> they got their asses kicked. Um, but I just – I'm not a huge believer in Kansas. I was for this half of the – first half of the year, uh, but Houston whooped them uh, two weeks ago. And then they followed it up by losing to Texas Tech, and I think they've had some other luckable losses. I want to say they lost to, like, TCU or something like that. Um they, I don't know. It, you know, the regular season doesn't matter too much. Uh, I think in conference matters more. But I'm just, I'm not buying Kansas this year. I love Houston. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I think I'm buying a little bit of Kansas just because they're down at the moment. Um, you know, and again, look at all these teams. And the regular season is so different. I think the Big Twelve um, conference tournament is going to be very interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah. all these, the story of college basketball this year is all about home teams. Home teams. Home teams. Home teams. Every single home team is winning this year. You look at the home records of these teams. You're seeing three wow, perfect records. You're seeing even teams like Oklahoma State is 10 and 5, and they're all the way at the bottom. They only have 11 wins this year, but guess what? Yeah. Home games matter. So I think that's when they, these teams are going to start to go to a neutral court. Uh, I think it's going to turn into a, a very, very interesting debacle of who's making the madness and who's going to be in the top 68. Yeah, I, I I love it. And before we move on, because I want to get uh, some thoughts on the rest of the uh, NCAA, but what do you think about BYU? You've been all over them, but they've been slipping a little bit. They had a tough loss last week. Where are you, where are you at right now? Personally, I'm still on the bandwagon. They play Baylor tonight uh, at home. I'm all about it. I would love to see if Amir sees any stats on them currently. But they, as I said last week, they shoot more. Th- they've shot more three pointers than two pointers this year. And that's a recipe for disaster for teams that, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. Bad. It's a, it, it could be, but it, there's upside. 
obviously. Everybody on the floor can shoot. All five guys can shoot on the floor yeah. at any given time for BYU. But is that the and, way to win in college basketball? That's the way to win in the NBA. I will say that they do have one of the highest offensive ratings in Division One, And they're right below teams like Kentucky, Gonzaga, Arizona, and okay. Connecticut and, and Alabama. I mean, a bunch of teams that you would say that, you know, are super hot. And you Where's don't Baylor really think of list? BYU in that. And this is in a conference that is known for the defense. Like you don't, you're not seeing a Houston at the top of the offensive ratings. You're not seeing an sure. Iowa State, a Baylor, maybe no. Kansas. But the, the only thing that's really worrying me would be the defense on the BYU side. But I think tonight, a home game, it's going to be in Mormon Town. I, I, I don't know where BYU plays, but uh, I think this is going to be the test of the season for them. In all honesty, so we'll see. Uh, well, when this pod comes out, we'll already know who won and lost. Oh, uh, they're, they're playing tonight at the Marriott Center in, in Provo, Utah. I just want to throw that out there. Never heard of her. It's more. <laughs> yeah, never heard of her. Yeah, yeah, it's Mormon Town now. Um, all right, Davis, let's move on to another conference that I know quite well, but let's get the edu- the listeners educated on is the Big East, the prestigious conference in all college basketball. My Villanova Wildcats are right in the middle. It's just lovely to see. But I want to get to your guys' thoughts first. Amir, we've already talked about UConn and Marquette, but what do you make of the rest of the Big East? Honestly, I think the Big East is pretty overrated, except for UConn. Uh, I love Marquette. Like, I'll never not love Marquette. I don't know what it is. I just love their logo or something. I don't know. They're they're always – they have something in my heart. Um, What are Golden Eagles anyway? It's stupid. I don't know. Whatever whatever they are. Um, Honestly, I think the Big East – or, sorry, yeah, the Big East is a little weak but I don't know anything about basketball. I think their logos are pretty boring. Um, there's not a lot of, like, varied colors, a lot of blue. And yeah, it's a bit, it's hurts, heavy blue conference. I think it hurts them overall. I'd honestly prefer sure. some purple in there, maybe uh, green here and there, but we don't got any be, of that. must be an East Coast thing. I don't know. But speaking of the East Coast, I mean, the St. John's, like – Ugh. They started off so hot, and Rick Pitino and his 15 seconds of fame have already shot out. I mean, they are done. I saw him rip his team the other day, too, which is always great to see. Always great to see. But a lot of these teams are, I think, good, as you would say. But, Amir, I think you're right. I think the Big East is a little bit overrated, and these teams are just eating each other alive. And when that happens, I mean, rarely do you see a team ever come out of that in the tournament. You know, maybe we'll see the defending champs, Huskies, defend. But, uh, you know, I don't think Marquette can go far. Creighton, this is definitely the weakest Creighton team in, in a couple of years. Providence is not the same team they were last year. They've definitely taken a hit with Ed Cooley leaving and heading to Georgetown, even though they still freaking suck and haven't won a conference game. I know they won one this, this year, but they just freaking suck. They, they suck. And DePaul sucks even more. But, Davis, who – or actually, let me rephrase that. Can we see – a Big East team not named the UConn Huskies in the Final Four? Uh, yes, and I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I am going to go Marquette. I think really? Marquette has the depth and the starting five that could put them over the edge. I think Tyler Kolick is one of the best players in college basketball right He's now. He's so overrated. He's not. He's absolutely not overrated. He's yeah. shooting 50% from three over the last six weeks. It's some absurd numbers. Uh, they so have the bigs right. that can hang around on the defensive side. I know they just got their asses handed to them uh, against UConn. But, again, what did I say the whole season is about? Home teams, home teams, home teams. And it was at UConn. And, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, going to be a great representation looking back and saying, oh, you know what, um, maybe, you, maybe, maybe UConn was the better team that day. 
but they were playing on their home floor. It's tough. It's tough for these college kids yeah. to move around like every other day. I mean, in the NBA, we're used to back-to-back games and whatever, but these college kids, it's absolutely not on the radar for them to play on a Thursday night and then a Saturday afternoon. So um, I think that I would say Marquette, and I'd, I, I'd put a sleeper out there. I think this might make you pretty happy, Ethan. I, I think if Villanova makes the tournament, I think they could win a game. That's all I'm going to say. I think Justin Moore could. I think it's this is all Neptune's fault. This yes. Is all, this is all yes. Neptune's fault. If Neptune was not the coach, I, I think they could – I think I may have may – have, teams to Ethan today during work saying I'd rather have Caillou as my coach uh just as a statement I I think anybody is better than him but he has made the defense better the defense no. has been decent the offensive side is atrocious though yeah I mean it drives me crazy watching Villanova I have the game on right now they're they're up nine on Butler which is good but it, to me it's just like I think that they are a very deep team I think they did a lot of very very good work in the transfer portal last year they got a couple of very good guys Tyler Burton from Richmond to, uh was awesome last year led his conference in scoring I think it was something like 18 points per game but that's down to like 12 this year uh TJ uh, Bamba a transfer from Washington State who's very very good I think he was all conference last year he's averaging like eight points per game this year he's had a couple games with like one to three points so I don't understand it, but to what you said about the defense, like it's not working. It's really not working. To me, they all look like grown men out there. All these transfers are grown men. They look like adults, especially Bamba. Like I don't understand why there's not more physical defense. And you're right. It's Neptune's fault. I, I just think it's also hard to follow a coach like Jay Wright. But let's say a thousand that. Percent. It's really a thousand hard percent. to do that. Uh, I think the uh, I think his name's Hebert Brown, the UNC coach. He's done a very good job. So is Shire at Duke, but like it's hard to follow these guys, man. Like uh, maybe they didn't do the best job picking them, but it's discouraging to say the least, but Nova's these, this kind of team, they'll rebound. They have the resources that, I mean, they're eight and four at home this year, which is really bad for a home team, but like they have the culture that I just don't think that will be lost, but it, it's a tough two years. Don't get me wrong. It's been a tough. Ethan, I'm going to bring up one more thing about Villanova specifically that I think every college basketball team should be intrigued and doing because I think there are some teams like St. John's who don't do this all the time. Stop playing in the Wells Fargo Center. Play your game, all of your games yeah. at the Pavilion. It's so electric in there. It is unbelievable. St. Yeah, John's does it at uh, MSG. That get, gets rid of the entire home court advantage when you play at MSG, when you play at Wells Fargo Center. I want to see, and we. I personally went to my first Villanova game ever this year. They played against Maryland, and Maryland's been middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Not great, but it's insane how loud it gets in there. And, you know, as an away team, even if you're – especially if you're a freshman, there's no way you're going into there without any nerves. So that would be my hot take of the day. Every single college – and I know every athletic director is watching this right now. I know every single – all 326 of you are watching me right now. Play your home courts. Uh, don't go to NBA. Play courts. on campus. Play on campus. Play on campus. Yes, play on campus. I, I, I'm not opposed to that. I understand why they play at the Wells Fargo Center. It makes sense. But, I, I, you know, I don't hate that. It is weird being there for a Villanova basketball game because you look up at the rafters and there's just nothing remotely Villanova. Sixers, Flyers, it's like nothing. There's no school, school spirit. So, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, moving on, moving on. That's enough college basketball talk for today. We are going to get more into the weeds. Do not worry. Stay tuned to the Bocce Boys. We will make sure you're ready that your bracket isn't total shit because ours will be, but we will make sure that yours is not. 
All right, moving on. NHL. We had a trip this weekend. The three of us went to MetLife Stadium, um, and we watched the Philadelphia Flyers take on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Davis is wearing the Stadium Series jersey right now. It was a great experience. We had a great time being there together, all that stuff. But the Flyers lost, and it was a tough loss. And it was also a very cold game. Um, MetLife was freezing, to say the least. But MetLife was rocking. The guy in the Giants hat in front of us was not letting us forget that the Flyers were losing. Um, that is for sure. But I had a great time at the game. And what do you guys think of uh, your review of MetLife? Eh. <laughs> I agree. Eh. <laughs> of, of MetLife? The game was fun. Of MetLife? Eh. I mean, we yeah. all know what happened after the first period trying to go to the bathroom. Um, that wasn't fun. Oh my god, but... it was insane. <laughs> Just that. imagine a lot of people and then times it by 10 in a small area trying to go to a bathroom. I mean, I think MetLife was actually fine. We kind of got like we kind of got messed up with the um whole setup in the front of the stadium that we were walking next to. Yeah. We had to like, go yeah. around to the and... stage and all that stuff. I think it was, it was a really cool like design, it's obviously a very u- unique um, game to go to, but overall, yeah. it was just like. I don't know. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Too cold. Too cold. It's a great uh, Bocce Boys trivia question for all three of us. What? Um, who did you see in your first time in MetLife? You'd think Giants, Eagles, Jets, Patriots. Nope, no. Nope. Flyers, Devils, actually. <laughs> yeah. Flyers, Devils. Yes. Uh, it was, it was exactly. fun, though. I mean, it was a good time. I thought um, the atmosphere of it being outside was really cool. And I think, yes, the two and a half to three hours we were actually in our seats for it. It was pretty miserable, uh, miserably cold. We were definitely moving hand warmers around. I couldn't sit in my seat. The seat was literally so cold to sit in. I didn't sit in the last two periods. Correct. But, I mean, you got to look back and be like, that was pretty cool. We're we're not going to probably do something like that again. I mean, you know, only a few teams get to do this every few years. So, Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. But, I don't know. It was a tough loss, especially to the Devils, a team that's chasing us right now for this this third spot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean – like I said, that guy in the Giants hat was letting us here the whole night. I mean, bringing up the Eagles to us, like obscure stuff. Like New York fans really just started with us. We're not the, the Philly fans get all the hate. We're the the more attractive, sexy target. But it's the Giants fans. It's the New York fans that start the shit. Just want to throw that out there. But let's get into some hockey because uh, the Devils had a big win over us uh, on Saturday for them. Um, they are currently chasing the third, their second wild card spot in. Um, the Eastern Conference, but a tough loss for the Flyers. What? How are your impressions of the Flyers this year? Because they are surely overachieving. Do we think they're going to flame out? Are they going to make a playoff run? Are we happy they're even here? Where are we at? Yeah, the biggest thing has been Arison. I mean, Arison's been great. Uh, you know, we're not going to goalie speak of, Arison. Yes, yes. We're not going to speak of. Yes, I just want to. We know yeah. we know what we're what I'm thinking of, and we're not going to speak of it. Sam Harrison has actually been fantastic this year, so he's the reason, a part of the reason, huge part of the reason why we're in the spot we're in right now. But you can't forget guys like Konechny, Sanheim, uh, even Bobby Brink, a guy who's hurt right now, who's going to be coming. Hey, the back Captain Coots, Captain Coots, uh, Scott Lawton. I mean, there there have been guys who have been really stepping up, and I, you know, I think the magic number is going to be right about 93. So if as long as we can get to 93 points. Uh, I think we're going to have a good shot at that third spot in the Met. And I think a good thing to look at for this year for the boys is really the middle of March is, is going to be tough for us. We're going to have a couple of games in a row that are really going to be hard. Just to point out the stretch that we have starting March 16th, 
We play away at Boston. Then we play the Leafs, the Hurricanes, Boston again, the Panthers, and then the Rangers, which is not fun at all. Uh, look um, at the YouTube channel if you want to see the standings because you could just see that most of those teams were at the top of the entire yeah. NHL standings. So, yeah, it is not fun. The good thing is we did we have the Canadians after that, which is nice. Um, yeah, so they're at the bottom of this list. If you yeah. want to use um, no, but we have a we we're gonna have a little bit of a tough stretch, and we have a lot of hard home games. Something to look for um, with the Flyers is really clutching up some home games where we have a lot of tough opponents. We play the Lightning that I'm going to next Tuesday. That's going to be a tough hey. game, but a good one. Let's go, Amir. Uh, I know we play um, – we also play the the Jets a little bit later. We play the Leafs a little bit later at home. A lot of games that we just need to kind of clutch up and make sure that we you yeah. know, put them away. Um, but they're going to be tough ones, and I think that's where we're going to really win and lose the season. It's later in March. Yeah, it's nice to see the Flyers playing well again because – uh, I think hockey is just such an underrated sport in general. The three of us have been grinding NHL 24 this year. So it's nice to be like watching hockey and playing it in my off time too. But I mean, the spirit of hockey in Philly really is something. It, it is great to see, you know, for lack of a better uh, word, a rebellion in hockey in Philly. Like they should not be good, especially with Torts as their coach. It's almost like a big F you to the league that they're even here. And I love it. Um, it's fun that they got uh, a future, a bright future as well, and that hopefully, like, this is going to be a year-in, year-out thing. Like, I love rooting for the Flyers, going to these games, and it's not like, oh, I'm just going to a Flyers game. It's like, oh, hopefully they win so I can see them, you know, in uh, you know June or whatever it is for hockey playoffs. Um, but you're, you're right, Amir. They got to they gotta win some games at home. They have been way, way better on the road than at home this year. Um, and, I mean, they got to protect home ice because if they get that third spot in the Metro, they – most likely will have home ice advantage in the first round, correct? Uh, that would, uh, probably wrong because then we would actually probably be the sixth seed. Um, okay. I forget oh. how hockey does it specifically. So the two wildcard teams right now, and I'm I don't have it up currently. I just the Red Wings uh, and the, the two wildcard teams are both in the Atlantic. The two wildcard teams are both in the Atlantic. So I'm actually not sure how the NHL does their seeding. Whether you know it's like the top six top three in the Atlantic and top three in the Met. I, like then they get seated and then the wild cards are seven and eight or gotcha. if it's all of them above. Cause if you're looking at the standings right now and we don't have it up currently, um, Tampa Bay is in the first wild card spot with 65 points. We have 65 points. So if for some reason Tampa Bay were to have more points than us, we would still hold the third spot in the Met, but I don't know where we would be seated specifically. You know what I mean? So that's a, yeah. we'll figure that out and get some answers. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and then before we get off hockey, I do want to ask you, Davis, or Amir, whoever knows this, the answer to this question, why are the Vancouver Canucks so good this year? Uh, I, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I know that they have not been good the last couple of years. In fact, I think they haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years, right? So how it's are they defense. the best team in the league? It's defense and goaltending. Um, you okay. know, Demko is one of the better goalies in the in the NHL right now. Him, uh, it's a lot. Funny enough, it's a lot. It's going to be a lot of these Western Conference teams, which they're dominating currently. Um, yeah. The entire league. I think it would be actually a little bit of a shock if the, if any East team won, because uh, you got the Jets with uh, Hellebuck, you got Vancouver with Demko. So I think that a lot of it comes to. A streakiness. There's been a lot of streakiness in the NHL this year. So them, yeah. Winnipeg, um, and Flo even Florida and Dallas have been making some just insane runs of five, eight, ten. And let's not forget Edmonton's 17 game win streak. 
Uh, they're right back on the map with that win streak. Too. 17? So, I believe it was 17. And then they lost. Edmonton, to wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's over now. Um, but if you look at the top of the list here, you're seeing teams with great goaltending. I mean, that that is just the key to hockey right now. Uh, it's going to be mm-hmm. the key to the playoffs. Uh, you look at a team like Edmonton where their goaltending is actually a little shaky. Um, Skinner and that has actually been pretty solid this year, but they flamed out in the playoffs because their offense is so good, but they don't know how to play yeah. defense. So I, I'd be worried about some of these teams who have great goaltending. Yeah, I understand that. And I mean, like goaltending is, is what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like you hate the old saying defense wins championships in football and all these other things, but like hockey, like that's all it is, right? You can score as many goals as you want, but if the other team's scoring more, it doesn't matter, right? Correct. Correct. Yep, agreed. Um, all right. So with the NHL, before we get off of it, what is your bold prediction for the how the Flyers season will end? It's a tough call, Ethan. It's a really tough call. I want to be the optimist and say that they're gonna make it far, but um you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna fade the Flyers. I'm gonna say they're gonna miss the playoffs, and uh, I'm gonna go from there. I'm not gonna say anything else. All right. The schedule's tough. The schedule is tough. I'm gonna say we sneak into that third spot. Um, I think a wild card actually is probably gonna be out of the picture uh, with uh, Tampa Bay and um, who is a Carolina that are right there in the, or maybe it might actually be Detroit. It's uh, Detroit and Tampa in the wild card spot. So we're really fighting for the third spot, the Metro. And fortunately we have teams like the devils and the Islanders uh, riding us right now. Pause. But I really think that there's going to be a chance. I I'm going to go 60, 40, but I'm going to be on the optimist side. I think we sneak in. When I said bull prediction, I was hoping for a little bit of fun here. Like maybe the one, the Stanley cup, was not expecting they'll sneak into the spot that they're in now and they'll miss the playoffs. So appreciate the optimism, guys. I'm going to go complete opposite. I'm saying the Flyers are winning a playoff series this summer slash early spring, whatever you want to call it. I believe in torts. I believe in – I just think that there's something about a team getting in the playoffs that shouldn't be there that just they feel scrappy, especially the Broad Street Bullies. They are as scrappy as scrappy gets, especially when they're being led by – Sean Couturier and freaking Travis Konechny, who that guy is a junkyard dog. So him in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, you know, I know that there's a lot of inexperience, but Philly will shock you. That's all I got to say. I, I agree, but uh, it's so tough. Hockey, hockey is so hard to, like, it analyze is. like this. I mean, it sounds weird to say that we're, like, this early in the season, but – I mean, you look at last year, the Bruins were maybe the best team in NHL regular season oh, history. Yeah. Uh, what happened? They went up 3-1 on the Florida Panthers and blew it <laughs> to an eight seed. So you never know. Like if, in the NBA, the world might explode if an eight seed beat the Celtics or, 100%. you know what I mean, or the Timberwolves yeah. or whatever. But in hockey, really anything can happen. So it, it does come down to goaltending and defense. Yeah, I mean, that would be – I mean – with all due respect, I do hope that the Flyers aren't being looked at like that. But I, I do I do get your point. Um, the Bruins, I forgot how good they were last year. And, like, losing to the Panthers, I, oh, let's give respect to the Panthers. They did go far in the playoffs last year. They knocked off another really good team. I forget who it is. But I remember um, just how good the Bruins were last year, how dominant they were. And you're right. I mean, it's mid-February. We're almost towards the end of the season, but it doesn't matter. Season starts at the postseason for hockey, just like baseball to some degree. 
Yeah, um, I completely agree. Speaking of baseball, let's talk a little baseball. Um, it's that time of the year. I think we talked about last podcast where you're like, oh, spring training starting and football is ending. It sucks. But we're hitting the spot right now where it's time to get excited about baseball, especially about our Phillies. They signed uh, Whit Merrifield this week. I think that's something to be excited about. But um, spring training's here. What are what are your impressions about spring training? Are we are we happy that we're almost in baseball season? Because it's starting to get to that point where it's like, okay, you can smell the spring in the air. It's getting a little uh, bright outside a little later. We're getting that spring smell. What do you think? You know, honestly, when we went to that hockey game, all I could think about was being at a baseball game, like in left <laughs> field with a hot dog and a beer. That was all I could think about. Yeah, and I'm really excited for baseball. I mean, I was thinking about purchasing hopefully some uh, some season tickets, not a full package, but, you know, spending a little bit oh, yeah. of money going to see the Phillies for a couple of games. And um, I think we're all excited to get back into Citizens Bank Park. But I'm really, really hopeful for this year. Um, I'm really excited for this year. I think everyone's, you know, pretty pumped up. All the boys are ready to go. Management yeah. seems like they're on the same, on the ball kind of with, um, you know, with the team's chemistry and what we really, really need for um, success to happen with the Phillies. But I'm excited. I'm ready to get going. And uh, I'm just hoping it gets warmer quicker. Agreed. Yeah. yeah and uh, – I'm in the boat, Amir, where – and, Ethan, you asked for a bold prediction about NHL. Please. Phillies will make the World Series again this year. We lost a game seven last year. I hope you're Still right. Still think about it. I get angry. I hope you're right. I go there. Um, made the World Series, obviously, two years ago. Lost to Houston. Um, I don't think we had the depth at the moment. But now we're looking at a team with Whit Merrifield, a guy who's really not going to be a super contributor, but you're going to look at a guy. all last year. Come on. Yeah. Bryce Harper at first base, though, now officially. That's fantastic. Yep. Yep. I think Turner should open the season hot this year. I think last year was very fluky on his side. Um, and then you got a guy like Schwarber who's hit 44 and 45-ish home runs each year. Uh, Castellanos, okay. I, he needs to stay hot the whole year, which – um, you know, he's flamed out in the playoffs the last two years a little bit, but Ooh. I think this is the year. I think this is the year. I mean, I still think that the Phillies are going to make a massive move at the trade deadline. We all know that. Oh, there's I think it could be anybody. I think it really could oh, yeah. be anybody. I think Middleton right. is there. I think Middleton knows. All right, hold on. Hold on. Has, that was, that was going to be my follow-up question. That was going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> all right. So my follow-up question was going to be, I'm sure you saw the quote today. But if you didn't, uh, Middleton said to the Phillies today, a quote that he said to Ryan Howard, apparently, uh, before they won in 08, go get my effing trophy back. Do you believe that we will get Middleton's effing trophy back? Yes. Davis thinks so. <laughs> yes. I'm all on board, especially okay. because of the moves I think that we're going to make during the season. I think that we didn't want to spend the money. Uh, look, we we tried to dish out the money to um, Yamamoto. Uh, he yep. decided to go play with Shohei. I, that makes a lot of sense. I think that him going to LA is going to be a great fit for them. And I think that they are that just a powerhouse in baseball, obviously. Yep. But oh you, look at the last, you look at the last two years, a uh, team like Atlanta that everyone was like, oh, no one's going to be able to stop them. Come back on. To back. Come on. What are we talking back about? Back. Back it's back. a five-game series. Anything can happen. So I'm in the boat. I do think that we're going to go after a starting pitcher to like, really solidify that third spot in case Ranger does not perform as well as hopefully. So in case Wheeler walks next year, let's not forget yeah. that. 
a hundred percent. But I think that this is we're. I think this is a big in July, August. Hopefully, just bolster the the bullpen and the starting arms. Uh, get the depth there, and I think this is the year. I really do think this is the year. I, I'm a little too optimistic, actually. I, I but I, yeah, I'm a really little do. afraid of your optimism, to be frank. Because like it's when baseball. you get too full of yourself, I just don't like it. Usually, I like when you're pessimistic and you're like, oh, "It's not our year." I hate it. It's like, all right, all right, we can now get behind something. But when you're shouting from the rooftops, especially about baseball, like that's that's the thing that you know. I think the most that scares the shit out of me, Davis. I'm not gonna lie to you. Again, you never know with baseball. It's a weird sport. Any team can play well any given year. But, but no. like two years ago, we weren't supposed to be there, and we got to the World Series. Then last year, we kind of were, and then we didn't. And, and we it was lost Arizona. the Diamondbacks in seven games. So what are, what are our expectations for this year? Are, are we, is it World Series or bust now? Is, it, is that how it is until Bryce Harper is not in a Phillies uniform? I would say no. I want to hear Amir's take on this, though. But I would say it's not World Series or bust. Um, definitely give me a like. I think if we Let's lose let the season start first. By the way, if we lose in the wild card round, it's a disappointing season. Again, we'll Again, see. Let's let the season start. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But we'll see. I think early early thoughts are that a divisional uh, you know series is exactly where we should be, and yep. you know I think that anything less than that is going to be disappointing. Hopefully tonight I get the Braves again for the third time. Yeah, you know, I was a big um, hater of the NLCS rings that we got back when we won. Um, That's loser just, talk. Just, yeah. And I think looking back on the previous losses in the playoffs, I I don't want to say it's – I don't want to say it's championship or bust, but it certainly feels like it. I'm sure, you know, the city of Philadelphia is, is – ready for it especially yeah. after you know the the losses that we've had in championship games recently everyone's ready for it and if it's going to be By a the team way, the philly water dogs got second in a preseason tournament last exactly weekend. um and yeah look to the uh whatever the philadelphia uh, lacrosse team was they just lost Wings, in a championship game. The that's, what, that's what said yeah. yeah yeah the water dogs oh is that what they're the called water. yeah i thought uh, they're the wings no there's there's multiple lacrosse <laughs> leagues there's the pll and then the nll but not to be confused with the NLL that merged with the MLL, and it's okay. No one cares. MLS, about MLS starts yeah. soon. Let's go Union. And that was talking soccer. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think I'm me personally. I don't think it's championship or bust. I think if we make it to the championship series, even if we make it like pretty far in the NLDS, like I'll be happy. Um, I mean, like you can't be mad at a playoff run no matter like who you are, maybe if you're the the chiefs at this point, you're like, I'm going to be mad if we lose in the wild card round or something. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I can understand that, but I think it's ridiculous to get mad at a team for playing their hearts out and losing in the playoffs. Um, especially a team like the Phillies who are so streaky that they're going to lose at some point. They're not, you know, built for sustained success like the Dodgers are or the Braves, yeah. I guess, but yeah. I'm still yeah. expecting a lot from them. Yeah, I think it's unfair to place expectations on that on a team like that. But with that being said, uh, it is championship or bust. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think it is because if you are paying five guys in your lineup like this amount of money and you can't get to a, a championship, like I think it's time to shake it up. And you know, I don't. I, and, and from that aspect, it is championship or bust with this group of Schwarber, Turner, Harper. 
Real Muto and Castellanos. A five, let's talk about the guys. young guys. Like, if you're going to talk about like all the guys are paying, let's talk about the young guys too, and how we yeah. do have some guys built to hopefully stay with the team for a little while. It's not yeah, necessarily but we need the guys but we need guys like Rojas to hit, and we need Stott to be consistent for another year. And we well, need that's what Marsh these years are like... for. That's what these years are for. It's Agreed. like we have we have these. I think I personally feel, and I felt I said this. I don't know to who, but I said that that last year was probably my favorite year of baseball I've ever watched. It didn't matter that we lost in the championship series. I that was my favorite that. team and my favorite yeah. year of baseball I've ever watched. Not oh, even the two thousand eight. Yeah, not even the 2008 Phillies. I loved the Phillies. I mean, I've loved them my whole life. Hmm. But something about the team last year, especially coming off of you know the the success we've had in the past, it just felt so much different. It wasn't like we were holding our heads up high. We just like got the job done. Uh, we but got isn't there that why it, it made that loss against the Diamondbacks feel worse? Doesn't that to me? That's why I think I'm we like just ran so out of down on this year. I think we ran out of juice. It wasn't. But we did the year before, so it's like, what? It can't keep happening. You know what I mean? Like, well, then maybe that's that's where we bring in someone at the trade deadline who really makes a difference, and that's you know what Middleton does. That's what management does, where they say, you know what, we've had, you know, we've had, we have a great team, but we just need a All little right. bit of push. Then let me ask you this: If they underperform this year, and we'll say that that's not getting to the NLCS, is Thompson out? Rob Thompson. I'd probably honestly, no. I wouldn't okay. say. Yeah, I'm just asking, no. just asking. I don't think you should be. I think ba- a baseball manager is very much a figurehead, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I think really the only decisions that they might be a part of. And teams, you know, I'm no no insider, but uh, I, I mean, the only thing a manager does is really their bullpen and who they throw in pitching wise. And let's be completely honest, I don't know what you guys thought as a baseball fan, a guy who played baseball. The bullpen, some of the bullpen moves in the playoffs, especially against the Diamondbacks early in the series. Kimbrel. The Kimbrel, Kimbrel thing was the Kimbrel thing was interesting. It was just the it was the placement and the positioning of it. That was all. I agree, but they they really need to solidify who's doing what in their bullpen. Who's going to be the guy who comes in the fifth inning? Who's going to be the setup guy? Because they didn't know where 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 was Jeff Hoffman? Where were they going to put Jeff Hoffman? And he he's a guy who was a stud for us for a little bit. And then against the Braves and or uh, was it against the Braves against the Braves. Yeah. Yep. Uh, game four against the Braves. Can't believe I remember this. They threw Alvarado in for three pitches. What are you doing? I, I don't. How do get you remember it. that? <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. I'm a I believe you. I'm not going to test you on it. I believe you. Like it's it's things like that that you know. I think Rob Thompson's very much a righty righty lefty lefty guy, and I'm not a guy like that. I'm much more of a traditionalist. I think you put your best pitcher out there in whatever situation it is. So I'm. I, I think that, he yeah. learned his lesson. I hope he learned his lesson from the playoffs last year. And I, you know, I think he's. I I really hope that he's just going to throw his best guys out there a little bit more often instead of getting the matchup. How often do old managers set in their ways learn from the, a lesson like that? Sounds like Doc Rivers. You're not an old manager. That's kind of sound like Doc Rivers. <laughs> but but Rob Thompson doesn't blow leads. Not yet. Man, what happened in that series against the Diamondbacks? Well, that's over for interpretation. But let's quickly finish off um, with what you just touched on, Amir. Uh, Doc Rivers. We don't really have to talk much about this. He just said that he said to the ownership today that he didn't understand why they made him the coach <laughs> when they hired him. 
<laughs> Do you know why his name is Doc? <laughs> you know why his name is Doc? Is this a serious question? Yes. I, I, I forget. Don't know. He doesn't have a PhD in anything <laughs> other than losing. He okay. is named Doc because he likes Julius Irving. And he wanted to go by Doc for Dr. J. Really? Idiot. He's Idiot. A He's a Idiot. He really is. He's so, I mean, this rooting me off. <sighs> Basically, J.J. Reddick went on first take today and started, like, trashing Doc Rivers, really not saying anything that anyone else hadn't been saying. Pat Bev shot back. And then Doc Rivers just totally, for no reason, went on Sirius XM and let himself on fire. I, I didn't really understand that. But from Sixers' stand perspective, this is just shit we've been saying for three years. So this isn't new. There's nothing new to say. First round exit. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Not, a, not a chance. But – you know what's going to be really interesting before we wrap it up? Sorry. Uh, uh, Sixers play the Bucks in next week? Maybe two yeah, weeks? The 25th, I think. I think uh, yeah, next week. Um, can't wait to watch Patrick Beverly. Uh, I think that's going to be primetime television. I hope to God we get a Sixers-Bucks playoff series. Now that would be cinema. That would be – oh, it would be so good. By the way, it is the 25th. I think that's a Sunday at 1 o'clock. So – out there prime time television prime time <laughs> television all right so i think that's it for today we this is a packed episode there's a lot to get to um thank you to everyone who's been watching on youtube we've been noticing a lot of people uh liking sharing all that stuff uh views are going up days after we post so i appreciate you guys continuously you know maybe it's a couple days after we post but going back to videos checking all of our content it really does mean a lot whether it's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it. But um, thank you for supporting. Um, and we got another episode probably coming this week or this weekend. Watch out for that. But the Botch Boys, thank you. Have a great night. See you.